Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host Lane Nordland. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to another conversation on the Cattleman's Call podcast. I'm Lane Nordland, and I have a little bit of a laugh in my voice because I just came inside. I was uh, plowing snow all morning trying to get chores done. It's about 15 below zero uh, when we recorded this podcast, and and that's without the wind chill at our operation here in uh, north central Montana. So the fire feels pretty good here today, and I'm excited to be back inside uh, doing doing what I do best behind the microphone to pay the bills to pay for the cows, uh, hosting the Cattleman's Call podcast uh, here today. And uh, so much of the conversations in the country countryside at our cattlemen meetings and also with consumers has really been centering around the topic of sustainability and it's really something that uh those of us in the business have been doing for quite some time, both uh, when we look at uh, sustainability economically and environmentally. And uh, of course, there's so many new innovations uh, out there, uh, especially technology to really help capture how we do things in the countryside. And and today we're going to be focused on the role that data and technology play in helping cattle producers run a more sustainable operation, as I mentioned, both economically and environmentally. And uh, we're actually joined again by our friends at uh, uh, AgroWeb, and we've had some great conversations about this new tool. And you may be thinking, oh, geez, Lane, why are we talking to these guys again? Well, because it's it's more than, than just one podcast. I guarantee that you will learn something fascinating about the, this new technology that AgroWeb has as a ranch management tool, but also a tool when we're looking at that sustainability conversation as well. So I, I would like to introduce our guests here today. We have uh, Campbell Mockin. He's Vice President of Partnerships at AgroWeb. And uh, also a Wyoming rancher, John Buholtz, with the XH Land and Cattle. They're joining us uh, here today. I hope it's a little warmer where you're all at. But, John, uh, how are things going in Wyoming? No, today's a beautiful day, but it's supposed to get super nasty. Uh, Don Day was calling for 40, below 40 uh, wind chill on Wednesday night into Thursday. So, we're kind of getting ready for that, shuffling some cows around, getting them off our county road, off the bench down low. Uh, but no, nobody's looking forward to that. No, we're, we're buckling down here, too, and making sure we have everything we need. We did a parts run and a, and a grocery run to town just yesterday, and uh, we were down in Denver for some family things last week, and, and we flew because usually we'll make that drive across Montana down into Wyoming and into Denver there. And we decided to not do that because, uh, well, when Wyoming shuts down, the whole region shuts down. But uh, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully this conversation will keep us warm here today and, and Campbell. How are things going on your front today? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks so much for for having us again. We won't uh, we won't infect the the podcast waves with too much agro rhetoric. Just excited to talk a little sustainability and and really appreciate you guys having us. And it's not much warmer up here in in Canada, so uh, I certainly feel the pain on on doing the runs and shoveling the snow and and all those different things. It's uh, yeah similar up here. So so really excited to be in here. Really excited to be inside and. Yeah, thanks again for, for having us. No, and there's no rhetoric in this conversation. We're, we're talking about all the tools that, that AgriWeb uh, is providing producers. But, uh, Campbell, what part of uh, Canada are you in? Yeah, I'm actually just based uh, just north of, of Toronto. Uh, so grew up here uh, before kind of joining the AgriWeb team and, and traveling the globe. But we'll get to that. But, yeah, just uh, just north of the city of Toronto. Uh, can you speak some French for us here today? 
Oh, it wouldn't that be nice? We take <laughs> we take it about a decade worth of French, and uh, I can can proudly or maybe not so proudly say that no, not really, not really, probably not much more than than you all can. Oh, oh bonjour. There we go. That that's I learned <laughs> that's that. About it. I learned that watching uh, Beauty and the Beast as a kid, but. Uh, uh, guys, as as we look at uh, kind of uh, the, this topic of sustainability, and it's very interesting on, on a podcast end of things to track what topics are, are really popular with our listeners. And, and sustainability and wildfires are two of our top uh, most listened to content where folks are coming back to it or they're discovering it or they're searching these words, sustainability and, and cattle production and ranching and farming and, and wildfires, uh, just um, because wildfires are on the tops of so many people's minds, especially across the West. So it's very interesting to see these two topics really be at the top of our, our most popular conversations on this uh, podcast. And, and, and John, for yourself, before I ask you what sustainability means to your family, Family operation. Let's just let's just talk about that that operation in Wyoming and uh, and your involvement in it and uh, and uh, why you're still a part of the family operation. Uh, sure, thanks. Um, well, this is a place my grandmother purchased back in 1957, so I'm third generations, two and a half generations, because she didn't really you know work day to day. She was from um, Omaha, Nebraska, but my dad came out here and started running the place, and it's. Uh, located in, in the upper North Platte Valley, south of Saratoga, Wyoming. It's a really nice, uh, cool spot in, in the state. And we're a, uh, I would say commercial, but we're not huge. Um, uh, Cow-calf, uh, we do have a purebred herd, but it's really treated as a commercial herd at this point. Um, and so I came back kind of during COVID times to learn and start participating where I hadn't before with calving and stuff through the winter. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot and it's been great because our, our, well, this wasn't so great, but our manager retired, but that allowed an opportunity to, opportunity to really cast off in a new direction. And so we're, we're looking at what we, what we've got on the ground right now and trying to shift it around and revisit, um, a really robust, um, cross breeding program. And so that's what I've been working on the past couple of years and, yeah, I'm very excited to have this opportunity. Well, thanks for joining us. And, and as I mentioned, uh, it's a time for us to, to get inside and warm up a little bit as as uh, we, we really look at that Arctic blast coming down from, uh, well, I think this one's kind of getting pinched between all that uh, weather coming over from, from where Campbell's at over there in eastern Canada and all the weather coming off of Alaska. We're, we're kind of right in the middle of that polar vortex uh, uh, here today in the northern plains and Rocky Mountain West. But uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, so many people want to know about the sustainability of so many different products, not just food, but, but the goods that they buy and purchase on a daily basis. So John, uh, from your perspective as a cattle producer, what, what does sustainability mean for you? Because that's always the conversation. What is the definition of sustainability? And I think it's different for, for so many different people, but for you in particular, what is your definition of sustainability? Well, I would, I the way I think of it is these operations can't persist long-term unless they're not economically sound and they can, they've done well in the past, but if you, if you're, you know, in my generation and it kind of falls into your lap and you start to looking, look at things that have been measured 
whether they've been measured well or not, if you can't make economic sense of anything, then it's not going to persist. So I think that's fundamentally what has to what has to be working. But um, reading some some papers and stuff, and I think this was in the most recent um, NCBA Directions uh, magazine. Um, some authors in there really defined it as something that's got to be three-dimensional, um, where you, it's profit-focused, but it also has to consider um, the people and, and the planet. Uh, but for me, uh, have to get the economics under control and then know either how good the picture is or how bad the picture is and then make decisions on how you can fix it. No, I, I, I think that's a great way to, to define sustainability and that three-prong approach to it. And, and, and Campbell, from AgriWeb's perspective, uh, uh, how, what, what, is the, what is AgriWeb's definition and how is the input from cattle producers impacted that definition as well? Yeah, great, great, great question. And, you know, we'd wholeheartedly agree with with John. I mean, I think when I've been in far too many rooms when the word sustainability comes up and you're talking environmental sustainability and you can kind of see the the kind of collective pause within the room because there hasn't been that focus on both the economic and the social, right? We we call it the triple bottom line, right? Social, economic, and and environmental. And we really look at ourselves as, you know, how can we empower our customers to attack all three, right? You can't do one without the others. You can't expect ranchers to be environmentally conscious, environmentally sustainable if they're not, you know, economically sustainable and they're not sustaining it for them for themselves, right? I think ranchers forget about themselves pretty often and we can't forget about that that social uh, element of it. So we we really, again, we really look at ourselves as, you know, how can we help our customers uncover Sure, maybe there are greenhouse gas calculations today, but to John's point, how are John's grandchildren going to run the operation? You know, I think that's really where we see sustainability kind of coming together as a collective and hopefully trying to break down a little bit of that stigma, right? It shouldn't be a, a dirty word, right? The idea should be that when sustainability comes up, it's okay, well, what are we doing on the economic side of things? What are we doing on the environmental side of things? And hopefully that all wraps up and and, and kind of encourages the, the social sustainability side of things as well. And Campbell, I, I know for our dedicated listeners out there, they've heard our conversations about AgriWeb, but uh, c- could you just share a brief overview of what AgriWeb is and how as an app and online solution, truly it does cover every aspect of a cattle producer's operation? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we really... I guess Agrib was founded almost nine years ago. I've been with the company for about about seven years. Uh, worked across Australia, the United Kingdom, and and now back in in North America. And we've really tried to look at a, a whole ranch management system. So ideally, making it really simple, really easy for our customers, uh, beef producers, ranchers out there, to do their day to day record keeping in a simple, easy to use mobile application that covers the entirety of of the ranching enterprise. So the idea isn't that you have something for the cows, something for the pastures, another app for inventory management, and so on and so forth. Really try and bundle everything together and really allow our producers to simplify the day-to-day, you know, record-keeping data collection. But as we, we like to say, we don't want to be a data graveyard. I've never met a rancher that wants more data. We try and t- take that data and turn it into actual usable insights and information. And I think that this is where the the conversation around sustainability comes in. 
it's not just writing everything down in, in a top pocket notebook and never looking at it again. It's doing the same record keeping in the AgriWeb app and allowing us to help turn that data into insights that, that our ranchers can, can utilize. We, we kind of wholly believe that, that our ranchers are the experts on their ranch, but let's just give them the insights that, that help them to, to make a better decision. Uh, so that's kind of the way we approach it. And, and hopefully the, the software uh, kind of backs that up. And somebody might be saying, man, Campbell, you're talking crazy. There's no way I could do away with my little red NCBA calving book. And, and you're not advocating <laughs> that because if you want to write in that, you can still enter this information into the app. Correct. By all means, by all means. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think John said on a, on a call that, that he still got his. Uh, so, you know, we, we wouldn't say that there, there you go. He still got his. And we certainly have ranchers that that'll write things down. That That's the way they've always done it. Um, we want you to, to use AgriWeb how it best suits you. If you want to switch away completely from the, the top pocket notebook, by all means, right? But if you're wanting to, as you're out there in minus 40 degrees, not take the gloves off and tap it into the phone, get it written down and then get it entered. Really where we come at it from is if you can digitize those records, we can take data and turn it into powerful insights. So whether you're looking at sustainability, the profitability, um, or really anything across the ranch that they're looking to improve, that's really where, where we see ourselves is, is taking that data, no matter how it gets into the system, and turning it into those powerful insights that, that those experts on their ranch can, can use. So, Campbell, as we look at data, what are some of those challenges and, and hurdles that U.S. cattle producers are facing Regarding, you know, we just talked about data collection and input, yeah. analyzing this data. I mean, if we're not going to analyze it, uh, what, what, what's some of the purposes of even collecting it and uh, and also sharing that data? How was AgriWeb built to really support uh, cattle producers to really eff- effectively utilize every aspect of our data collection from, from just going in that little calving book to every aspect of, of what you're buying for mineral uh, inputs for your, for your fields. Let's just talk about how is that data utilized to the best of its potential? Yeah, it's a great question. And and I think you you started off talking about, you know, the, the kind of the challenges around data collection and, I think that there certainly are challenges around data collection, but as we've just talked about, you know, I'd be willing to bet that that the most utilized ranch management tool is is that pen and paper notebook. So it's not so much that there's huge issues in the collection of data. It, it kind of goes more to, to the second part of that question where when it's collected, you know, in that pencil and paper notebook, it's really hard to get, you know, a bar chart uh, to, to pop out of that that pencil and paper notebook. And so I think when we talk to, to ranchers, we're always looking to help them to understand, you know, what are they wanting to accomplish, right? What are they looking at from key performance indicators to, you know, is it, is it calving rates? Is it, you know, daily live weight gains? We really try and look at where are they trying to improve their, their business and then taking it back to then what are the actual records that you want to be to be tracking, right? It's not about trying to get anything and everything under the sun into AgriWeb or, you know, even into a, a, a place where you can do that analysis. It's about making sure you're collecting those specific records that then allow you to, to get down to what you're actually wanting to improve across the ranch. And I think that's, that's probably the, the key is 
for us and and really when we're talking to ranchers, whether they're using Agrib or Excel or you know a competitive tool, look at what you're wanting to to achieve. Make sure that that whatever that tool is is able to provide that insight, and then focus on those records. Right? It. it I think when we talk to initially you know, farmers and, and ranchers, they, you know, they don't want to record everything that Agrib has to offer. And I would candidly say they probably shouldn't, right? They should be looking at what they're trying to to achieve and then making sure that, that the insights are there. And that's really what we try and focus on is don't try and record everything that goes on under, you know, on, on, on the ranch on a given day. Look at what's actually going to help you achieve your goals, right? And then make sure that you know, we're able to, to pull that report for you, pull that insight for you. Because when it's digitized, that's when the, the real powerful information can can come about. So, yeah, don't don't try and record everything. Uh, that data collection can become a burden then. And we just want it to be really simple on the data collection side and then allow for, for that analysis to, to be done. So I'd say start simple when you're looking at the challenges. And John, for yourself, uh, obviously you talked about how the economics, uh, uh, sustainable economics is really top of mind when we're defining sustainability. So I guess what has been your journey in, in, in record keeping and uh, what what really led you to AgroWeb and, and how were you, as you mentioned, you held up your NCBA red, red brand or a, a calving book. Let's just talk about that journey and, and the different components you use to, to really use utilize the technology of AgroWeb along with some of those traditional methods, but to really look at how you're maximizing every aspect of your uh, uh, sustainability conversation that we're having today. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, I, I'm relatively new to the, to the whole record-keeping game, um, but I learned a lot from our previous manager, and he was very good at keeping detailed records on pen and paper and revisiting those, which I think is probably um, a fairly rare thing for most people to do, to go revisit all that stuff every single year and keep track of or rough, rough ideas of what breed compositions are and all that stuff. So before I had AgriWeb, I had a different software and I sat down with our manager, his name was Bill Clay. And, uh, we went through all of his records and I digitized all of it. So I had a really good starting point and I was using this other software and then I wanted to, it, it was, it was great. Um, it was pretty cost. I mean, it was, it was not very expensive, but it didn't have uh, the capability that AgriWeb has where you don't need internet and in Southern Wyoming or anywhere out West, really um, internet's a big deal and be able to have the app, um, capability where you don't need the connectivity, you can be anywhere and it's lightning fast and you can get stuff jotted down, put into the program and not have to worry about it. And, um, yeah. And then I guess with the economic stuff, what, what was really great or what is really great is being able to track costs. That's, that was what I was really interested in is being able to know what it costs to put up a ton of hay how much it costs to feed the cows through the winter and just track that cost all the way through, especially with regard to um, razor placement heifers and know exactly what it costs or have a really strong idea what it costs to raise your replacements and then start depreciating them as one should. And we, we've never done that. I couldn't tell you what it costs us today or in the past to, to raise livestock. 
I could guess, but I don't have a lot of confidence in it. And that's what this is going to do. It's going to give me a lot of confidence and start creating a really clear picture at the end of every year of, you know, what's, what's net income here. And that's what I'm really going for. And I think that's an interesting point you bring up, especially in heifer development. Uh, you know, everyone is very proud of, of the work that they put into their herds, especially if they keep replacement heifers or they're going to focus on that a little more just so they can keep their genetics in-house and, and really not look at the costs of, you know, uh, buying from a neighbor or going through a, a big liquidation sale. But uh, I, I've emceed quite a few uh, panels this past year, and heifer development always gets brought up because you always have the cost of genetics, you have the feed and everything else that comes in developing those heifers. And does it actually, is it viable economically to actually do that? So I'm actually interested. Maybe we'll have another conversation if you feel comfortable down the road to see what, what it does cost to do that. Because that is one of our main things that we look at is just how much does it cost to raise that calf or that cow and all the different factors that come into uh, just the lineage of, of having good cows. It always comes down to that cost as well. So uh, th I think that that's just interesting to me that, that you bring that up as one of those points that you really want to track as well. And, you know, I, I'm looking at the website right now, and, and obviously I, I know about AgriWeb. I've explored the options. I've watched the videos, and I always think it's great to also see just that component right off the bat of, you know, just just your grazing schedules as well. And, and, and Campbell, uh, what does the experience look like for a user when they're getting up and running and starting to collect data? If you were, if you were just going to reach out to me and my father-in-law, where, where do we start? I, I guess what goals do we set first when we're looking at how, how do we truly want to achieve uh, more uh, sustainability through this, this application? Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And I think you probably hit on the, the first thing that we would start with, and, and those would be your goals. Right. And, and what we've learned, you know, what I've certainly learned through through seven years with Agreb and and onboarding, you know, ranchers onto to Agreb is no ranch is going to be the same. Right. You could be neighbors running the exact same style, the exact same breed. And and there's going to be there's going to be major differences from from ranch to ranch. So we really try and look at what are the goals of that particular ranch. As you say, maybe it's improving the, the grazing strategy. Maybe it's improving, you know, the the cost of of bringing that heifer to to market, raising that calf, whatever it might be. We would really work with our customers to identify what those goals are, and then make sure that that you know we're setting them up for success accordingly. You know, whether that's really taking a look at the the map, making sure that you know all the paddock and pasture characteristics are on point. Um, and this is really where we've focused with with an agro making that really simple, making that really easy. And and what I'm pretty excited about when we're talking about different integrations, where when you're getting up and running, you know, we're we're partnering with teams across the the, the U.S. that are doing you know remote sensing, so allowing us to use something like a, a low orbit satellite to actually estimate how much grass is in each pasture. So as you're getting up and running, we've tried to make that really really easy. So you map your your ranch map on on Agrib, we overlay, you know, potentially something like that that food on offer. That means you don't have to go and, and walk the ranch. So right off the bat, you're you're improving that grazing strategy. So it really is for us trying to get as as simple as possible for our ranchers, getting their map in, getting their their ranch inventory set up, making sure their animals are are in and ready to go. 
but it all comes back to what is that goal that 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 rancher that father and son pair that father and daughter pair are looking to are looking to achieve and we make sure you're set up for success from there and campbell uh when, when a new customer comes online uh, is it the next generation that's pushing the, the parents or, or the in-laws towards this application? Is it more mutual? Uh, I, I guess, what, what does that demographic look like? And what are some of those conversations you've had with, uh, with folks that utilize this technology? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And lucky for us, we, I truly believe that the ranchers are some of the most innovative people on the planet. Uh, I mean, you know, our, our founders are, are ranchers, you know, someone like John sure might be part of the, the next generation that, that's coming and, and looking for a piece of technology. But, you know, I truly believe that, that when it comes to the adoption of technology, if we do our job as software developers, as Agrab, make it really accessible, make it simple and easy to use, then we'll have uptake across the board. Uh, you know, our, our average rancher age is well over 60. Right. And, and that that's, I think, really exciting. And I've always thought that the ranchers are innovative. And I think it's just the idea of something being on the phone or being a piece of software that that in in you know that first instance puts people off. But I think the the idea that it brings a their information to light, it's visual, it's easy to use is really, really helpful. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's always that idea of, you know, get the kids a little bit more involved in, in the ranch that that's certainly got its place, but yeah, I've I've always thought, and and it continues, I continue to be proven right on this one, that if you put something in front of them, that's, that's worth using, they're innovative. They're going to figure it out. Right. I mean, how many times does the tractor break or the fence breaks? They're not calling somebody They're They're fixing it themselves. They're, they are innovative. They do adopt technology. And I think that's the really exciting thing for us. And John, coming back to you, kind of looking more at, at some of those data entry points that you have utilized, um, uh, what specific points and then on the dashboard ha- have you been really focusing on and, and looking at the insights and the graphs on those cost comparisons? What, what, what have you been looking at and what's most surprising for you when, when trying to digest and, and I guess maybe let's say ruminate uh, over, over the information? Um, well, I'd say that uh, since, well, I guess maybe right before I really got fully integrated into AgriWeb, we've got, we purchased two new true test scales. And when you're running a live session now, there's never an excuse not to take a wait. I mean, it's just so fast and easy. There's just no excuse not to do it, which is nice because you only have so many opportunities in any given year to take a meaningful measurement and we get paid on wait. So I want to weigh everything I want to know, um, how much body weight, you know, percent of body weight that that cow's weaning. Um, I want to know if I'm going to make my truck load. And I, when you're running through the live session, you'll have a summary at the end of it and you know immediately where you stand. And that happened this year. I didn't tag, put a bunch of EIDs and calves and I knew right away that we needed to go back the next time we gave our next round of vaccinations. I knew who to tag and how many of them to tag. So, um, that was super helpful and super handy. And I didn't have to go back to the computer, fix any errors, reconcile anything. It was all done right the first time. And there's no time spent going back and, uh, correcting errors that I may, may have made with a pen and paper. You know, you hear somebody yell an ear tag and you write the ear tag down instead of the weight. You know, I've done that plenty of times. There's just none of that. 
because um, it, it all it's all run automatically. Um, all you have to do is just type in your tag, and then the weights, boom, shows up on the screen, and it's done. Uh, so that was, and I'm a new user, so there's a lot of features here that I um, haven't gotten a chance to really dive into yet. And I do look at insights, um, but I don't think our operation, like, I, I don't know who's breeding to who necessarily because I don't collect DNA samples or any of that. So I, I can't make a nice chart to see which bull's really performing and which bull's not performing. Um, but in the future, I think I might I might get there with that. I would um, love to utilize that piece of the technology. No, and I think that's the fascinating thing, uh, John and Campbell, just the different conversations I've had uh, on this podcast discussing AgriWeb is just the different utilization of, uh, of AgriWeb with different ran ranches. And, and honestly, every I think this is our second or third uh, conversation we've had centered around the technology. And every producer has had a different goal in how they've utilized it as well. So I, I find that really, really fascinating. And, uh, and speaking of that, Campbell, uh, how can data technology uh, positively then impact decision making? Uh, you know, John just talked about how being able to utilize the scale and then your, the, the technology with new ear tags to, to bam, you got that information, you know which, which cattle that you need, maybe need to work or weigh or put, put in an EID on. Uh, how is that impacting the decision making from that e economic standpoint with the clients that you're working with? What what are some of those moments that these people that users are like, gosh darn, I'm saving money or I'm making money? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, and I think it, you know, given the the topic of conversation, I think the exciting bit for us is when we look at those decisions that can be made that are both that are assisting the the profitability and the economic side of things. They're likely the same ones that are impacting the sustainable, say, sustainability side of ones, you know, thinking about the environmental side. You know, it's things like reducing costs, improving the genetic selection. So whether you're looking at, you know, the actual genetics going on to the cows or to which ones are performing uh, to, to take them forward, improving animal health so that they're continuing to have those higher than, than average daily live weight gains, or whether it's improving grazing management, right? I think when we when we take a step back, those are four pretty different, but but all kind of equally impactful ways to improve the economics of of the ranch. And the exciting thing is they're actually making the ranch more sustainable from an economic standpoint as well as an environmental standpoint. So you know, as you guys said, it, it's tracking all of those different things to be then be able to at the end of the day look at well, where could I be be you know acting to to be more sustainable more more economically sustainable across the ranch um, but those would be be kind of four big ones that we see in terms of reducing the feed costs improving the genetic selection improving animal health just uh, as a as an overall uh, goal and then a big one obviously these days is improving the grazing management across the ranch and for producers, especially across the west we we've been battling drought for for several years in a row now and a lot of us have had to cull our herds back and keep those top producing cows on the countryside, uh, out in the countryside. And then when weaning time comes, it's always interesting to see those the the cows that were the top producing in a normal year. <laughs> There's still a little bit of uh, uh, an up and down on what those calves look like, just based mm -hmm. on when they calve. 
And, and so, John, for yourself, when we look at this environmental standpoint of sustainability, I know you're a new user for AgriWeb. How, how is that really, you know, when we're looking, especially during times of drought and, and trying to monitor just how much grass we're taking and leaving in, in a pasture or on a rotation, how has that to maybe changed or brought new priorities uh, to, to, to the forefront of your uh, grazing management? No, for us, it's really, um, it's a little bit different here because a lot of our uh, pastures that we use in the summertime are are irrigated as well. And so as long as there's good snow in the spring, um, we can grow decent rangeland, decent native grass in in our summer leases and stuff that we we do own. So that's one thing I was talking to another uh, employee at AgriWeb, his name's Max, about you know, how can I measure forage height in this sagebrush uh, past year kind of mixed ground? Because I, I wasn't really sure about how to do that. And I'm going to follow up. I'm, I'm actually going to be talking to him right after this, and I'll ask him that again. Um, I have not used that piece of the technology just because we're, we don't have such a big footprint here to where I really need to um, really think really hard about how our rotation works we can reverse the rotation and we usually do that but they're going to go up there whether um depend, no matter what the conditions are because they have to because we've got to put a pay down here so that's one piece i haven't used but i know that it's incredibly useful and i'm going to look into that because I, I i'm very much interested in collecting as much data as possible even if i'm not going to analyze it the tools there the journals there you might as well write it down now there there's so much talk whether whether it's on the evening news on on Twitter whether it's ag Twitter or activist Twitter even around climate climate uh, conversations climate action however we want to label it um, uh, Campbell when when we look at collecting data how can this and again the data is owned by the ranchers I want to point that out with AgriWeb that data is theirs it's not shared with anybody I know that from our past conversations and, and you can expand upon that uh, as well but you know when when we're looking at uh, how how can the collection of this data help prepare ranchers to take advantage of uh, opportunities in the future uh, that may that they'll benefit from just from having this information that maybe they just haven't analyzed in the past because they haven't been collecting it? Yeah, great question. I mean, to, to touch on the data ownership, I mean, we, we took it out of my uh, out of the words out of my mouth. We don't own any of the data. We provide a really good software program. You know, John owns every piece of of data point, every piece of information he en- enters into Agarub. If he wants to share that, that's where you know me and my team come in, make it really, really easy for him to do so. And if he's looking to kind of augment some of the, the information coming in, that's where we're developing those partnerships as well. So for example, he mentioned the ability to go out, walk the pastures and take those measurements and get that in. That would be one of those uh, partnerships that that we're looking to bring to uh, to our, our ranchers in the U.S. in in 2023 is that automatic uh, pasture um, estimation tools, which would be really really exciting. So, John pulls up his his Agrib app. He then opens it up and sees right on his ranch map. We've actually, with uh, a third party, been able to estimate how much grass he's actually got in each pasture without him needing to, to go and walk, walk those fields. So something we're really excited about, you know, that automation of, of data capture, I think it'd be really exciting. 
which is again kind of leads into that second part of that question in terms of having that information, having that data, whether it's an agrib or or not, you know, is is going to be the powerful thing for for ranchers in in the next couple of years. I think something that that ranchers should know these days and and pretty exciting news that's just come out about kind of uh, what they call MRV measurement reporting and verification that you'll hear when speaking about sustainability is now they're talking about DMRV, so digital measuring, uh, reporting and verification. And that's important because the other acronym you'll hear, and, and I'm just getting up to speed with all these myself, but SBTI, so Science-Based Targets Initiative, um, that's where you know the likes of, of a Walmart will come and say they want to be you know, net zero by X date. They require ranch level data. So to actually go in and verify that those claims, so if they're going to be reducing their their GHG, you know, greenhouse gas emissions by 2030, which is only seven calving seasons away, by the way, for anybody keeping score, um, if they want to do that, they need that data from a ranch level. So when you're looking at what you, you should be recording, it may not be anything and everything that you can get your hands on, but the exciting bit is that even if you're not going to take advantage of carbon markets or uh, low carbon beef or anything like that for the next couple of years, if you're not able to capture that data and baseline today, they can't or the industry can't reward you for those practices, even in arrears. So if you don't have that data with you today, you can't be rewarded when it comes to, to these initiatives. And again, the exciting bit is we as an industry need that real, you know, verifiable ranch level information data to to be compliant with with a lot of these uh with a lot of these claims and, and campbell i want to uh, stress again that this is all voluntary uh this isn't this isn't agri saying you have to do this this isn't no. uh, a, a, a a cattle buyer saying you have to do this these are voluntary programs where there could be more premium uh for producers when marketing their cattle a hundred percent yeah absolutely and it continues to be your data, I think is again, something to stress as well, right? If, if you're capturing it now and you choose to never engage with one of these sustainability opportunities, the idea probably should be that you're making your ranch more environmentally and, and economically sustainable in the process. I think a lot of these you know, opportunities are, are secondary to, to running a, a more efficient, more sustainable ranch, but but no, we're just looking to identify what those kind of really exciting opportunities are and make sure that, that you know, our customers are, are able to take advantage of them if and when they want to. And John, for yourself as a new user that's truly just developing or understanding all the developments that this app has in store, when you look at that, uh, all this information can be used to, uh, with a simple click to submit that information to the buyer of, of your cattle. Uh, how does that make you feel? How, what kind of does the stress kind of go off your shoulders a little bit, knowing that when all this information is in one one source, that you don't have to go back and re-audit all all your all your books and record keeping? Oh, for sure. I'm, it's it's so nice to have everything just in your pocket, and you can you know look at it or send it um, with ease. Um, and I, I'm really excited about maybe some potential integrations coming with remote sensing. Cause I would take advantage of that. Um, I may not go out there and measure stuff, but yeah, I'd use the remote sensing. And even if I, if I don't graze responsibly now, I would. Um, so yeah, it does take the weight off my shoulders to be able to 
um, go through an audit process and just have it done super quick and not have to gather a bunch of paperwork and go back and forth and do all this other hoop jumping. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, a relief. And Campbell, I know you, you, you discussed that remote sensing and utilizing these different technologies to help uh, look at that, that range land. But uh, I guess uh, what, what other innovations is AgriWeb working on that are on the horizon? And uh, uh, how are you working with other uh, organizations to, to help drive uh, these these new solutions? Yeah, great, great, great question. I think we internally... You know, we, we rely incredibly heavily on people like John uh, in terms of, of feedback, right? That's really the way, you know, we've always developed uh, software for, for ranchers. Uh, we certainly don't think that we know uh, the land and, and their operations better than they do. So the, the most, you know, the most productive thing we can do is is have conversations, honestly, just like these. I've, I've learned more about uh, John's uh, operation in today's call as well, where, We'll utilize that feedback to to make you know those changes to the software internally. But I think the other thing that that we've started to to really get off the ground even in the last year is is collaboration with with other tools. So whether it's remote sensing um, uh, tools, whether it's IoT devices, the ability for us to automate a lot of the data capture that was once incredibly tedious is is a really exciting proposition. Uh, you know, I think John, it's really exciting to hear John say that he may, you know, take a, a closer look at his as his grazing practices if that data is there and, and available. I think that goes, you know, similarly when we look at remote water monitoring, right? Rather than going and and paying someone to do that that drive that you know every single week going to check those watering points, you know, we're we're integrated with a couple different companies, you know, in here in, in the U.S. that that'll bring that information directly into uh, into AgriWeb. So for us, it's it's about making sure that that AgriWeb at the core is is as good as it can be, but then really looking at where else are we seeing that innovation, right? Whether it's remote sensing, IoT, you know, these these greenhouse gas calculators, advanced grazing algorithms, and how can we best bring that to to people like John and and they'll tell us from there how they how they best want to utilize that within AgriWeb. So some pretty exciting things on the horizon for us in terms of those integrations, as well as uh, some some reasonably large uh, new features and functions that will be added to, to AgriWeb in, in 2023. Well, and again, uh, during the Cattle Industry Convention, uh, the 2023 event uh, that's going to take place coming up in New Orleans maybe maybe you should uh uh, uh really uh, revamp up our, or uh look up again those French words Campbell and maybe you could you could speak some Cajun French or something down there in Nolens. that's it that's it no we're, we're certainly looking forward to that and, and you're right I'll have to uh I'll have to brush up on my French I wonder I wonder how different it is from the the Quebecois to the Cajun but but I'm sure I can make it <laughs> but uh, uh with uh with AgriWeb's presence at NCBA uh, I'm assuming you guys have a booth down there will you be uh, uh talking with producers on the trade show floor absolutely yeah I mean it's it's an incredible way for for obviously us to to meet new ranchers and hopefully you know bring people uh, around to, to the booth we're at 2106 is is the booth number uh, if anybody wants to come say hello, but the biggest thing I think for us is a being part of the Cattlemen's College. So being able to do a talk alongside some some pretty incredible partners in the industry, 
as well as getting to to meet with a lot of our ranchers, right? Given the the last two years, uh, everything with COVID and and everything that that's followed on, it's it's an amazing opportunity for us to go and get that feedback and meet with our ranchers and and hopefully you know help us to to improve the the offering. So we'll be there. I'm uh, really excited for the Cattlemen's College talk, but uh, yeah, it's we're really excited. It's my first one, as I think we said in the in the lead up. Finally, get to to come down. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, it'll be great to, to see folks down there. Again, their booth will be 2106. And, and make sure and look at uh, the entire lineup of uh, Cattlemen Colleges uh, sponsored by Zoetis that will be taking place there uh, in New Orleans at the uh, end of January, first part of February 2023. And, and John, I really want to actually, we should do a whole show on uh, your, your rifle collection behind you there in the background. I'm more, I'm, I'm interested in that too. But uh, uh, John, for yourself, uh, I guess, what are some tips for a producer whether they're they're experienced in the industry or they're new and coming in and taking over for for the folks or the in-laws, I, I guess. Well, what are some tips that you would share with them as a producer just getting started with AgroWeb and, and really figuring out uh, how to utilize the application? Uh, what are some tips you have for them and what are some of the best practices that you've learned right away with with the AgroWeb? Well, uh- I might take this a little more broad, but I'd say, you know, don't wait, start now. Um, the longer you wait, um, you're just putting off something that you, sh- you should be just starting right now. And uh, don't worry about being perfect and don't try to use every tool at once. Uh, just get, get your toes wet with the most basic functions. You know, the mapping and AgriWeb is, is great. Moving the cattle from pasture to pasture is super easy. Taking waste, as I said, is, is a no brainer. You can, it's, um, as long as you've got a good skill that can integrate. Um, I w- so yeah, don't use every tool at once. Just start to um, initiate a good record keeping habit. And I would recommend reading or listening to the book called The Power of Habit and just doing a little bit every single day and interacting with it with your software every single day um, will prove itself very useful in the end, I believe. Um, and even if it seems trivial or not important, um, collect that data anyway, because some of these things it'll, will take multiple years to establish a benchmark or have anything really actionable. Um, so just collect what you can and don't, if you're second guessing collecting something, just write it down. Um, and then I guess to make this more broad, I would recommend that people go down, go to the King Ranch Institute's website figure out when the managing the cow-calf business uh, seminar is and and go to that. Um, I learned an absolute ton from that. And I use that knowledge alongside AgriWeb um, all the time. And tomorrow I'm I'm meeting with some accountants and they're very impressed with AgriWeb and what it's able to do in the background and maybe supplement what, what you record in your QuickBooks or whatever. So those are my recommendations. Campbell, same question. What are some tips that you have for a producer that uh, that um, maybe they're listening to this uh, conversation about AgriWeb for the first time, or maybe they, they listened to that conversation we had with Steve Wooten uh, and, and John Farger back in the day talking about AgriWeb here on the same podcast? Again, totally different conversation about the same tool, which, which I said at the beginning. Yeah, we can have so many different talks about this application. That's the exciting thing about it. I, I guess, what, what are some tips you have for someone starting out or interested in maybe doing a trial? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd echo a lot of, of what John said. I mean, I think the the initial hurdle can seem like a high one when you're when you're taking on any new piece of technology. What I'd always suggest is take a step back, think about what you actually want to, to accomplish a, across your ranch and find the tech piece of technology that, that can actually help solve that that problem or or bring you to that that goal. That that might not always be aggregate, and that's totally fine. I think that there's plenty of technology out there that that excitingly these days is aimed to help ranchers, whether it's on the sustainability, productivity, you know, you name it. There's plenty of people out there, smart people out there um, developing tools to, to help ranchers. So I'd take a step back, identify that problem, identify that goal, and then look for the piece of, of technology or, you know, courses, as, as John said, that, that can help you to, to get to to that goal. And certainly when it comes to sustainability, I think you're going to see more and more and more information come out over the next little while. I'd, you know, find a, a reliable source and, and, you know, don't look at it as, you know, the, the boogeyman. I think it's uh, part and parcel to, to what we're all trying to, to accomplish here in, in the industry. And we just have to accept that the word sustainability is probably here to, here to stay. And uh, Campbell, for our listeners there that, uh, you know, some guys, they, they start cabin really, really early. I, I don't understand that when up in the colder we're from. I understand why the register guys do. But you know what? We're, we all have our, our reasons for doing things. But, uh, you know, for those that have cabin season coming up right away or, or maybe they're going to hold on to, to late spring or summertime, uh, how can they try AgriWeb for free? Because uh, um, I know I know there is a free trial what do they have to do to try that out and uh, how can they get connected with uh, with someone like yourself to help help them uh, be introduced to this whole cornucopia of online opportunity for their operation yeah great question so uh, best place to, to get a few you know bits more of, of information would be the website so www.agriweb that's a g r i w e b b dot com um, but we certainly don't kind of leave you to, to your own to, to figure it out. We've got a, a full team based here in, in the U.S. A lot of them are, are coming off a, a family ranch, and, and they're happy to walk you through it. So best thing I, I would say is head on over to the website, grab, give us a call, drop us a note, and we're, we're happy to have one of the team come and, uh, and show you around. Uh, John, would you just like to share any last thoughts or, or how you're feeling moving into 2023 here as uh, uh, into the new year? Uh, I'm very excited about 2023. We've, we're getting away from repeated uh, Angus bull buying and, you know, starting to mix things up, going with some Herefords. And I'm going to really rely on Agrib to, to measure um, this coming calving season and weaning time even, uh, exactly what heterosis we're experiencing from straight bred dams to crossbred calves. And then going forward in the future, we'll be able to measure um, crossbred dams and uh, their crossbred uh, progeny. So that's what I'm, I, I think about that all the time. And that's what I'm super excited about is uh, this new direction we've, we're, we're taking uh, to a, a kind of a new revamped robust crossbreeding system. And I'm going to, see you know if theory and practice really line up um with some of this stuff uh those are my expectations and we'll see if they're met 
Well, uh, well uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they are met, John. We wish you luck, and, and obviously you'll you'll have that great uh, way to really compare uh, the everything with, with AgriWeb. And uh, I, I know you're going to have a great 2023. I'll be optimistic because it sounds like you have uh, all, all of uh, all of your goals lined out and, and a lot of rich history. And especially, I loved how you mentioned earlier taking that knowledge from from the past ranch manager and uh, uh, understanding it yourself, and now utilizing AgriWeb. Uh, in in that management role as well it's going to be exciting to see and maybe maybe we'll have to do a recap here in a year or so just to, just to see how all that went and and campbell uh any last thoughts before i let you get back to your day yeah no i'd, I'd say thank you to, to you and everyone at uh at uh, obviously the podcast and ncba at large for for having us i think you know again that that word sustainability has been the the focus for today and and again i'd say when you hear it next, don't don't skip the article. You know, don't uh, don't not click the link. I think it's uh, it's going to be something that that's really exciting for the industry and and should hopefully be more focused on making sure that the ranching in general is sustainable economically, and then of course looking at at how we can have a, a positive effect on the environment. So, I'd say uh, we're doing our best to to make it more accessible. You know, we're seeing some some great insight from a survey that we just put out that that we'll be publishing in, in early in the new year called State of the Global Farmer. So look out for that. But I'd say, uh, yeah, just uh, embrace anything that, that comes into uh, the, the realm of sustainability because it's probably going to have a positive impact on on the ranch. Well, again, for our listeners, uh, just go down to, into the description of today's podcast and uh, click on the AgriWeb link. It will take you to the, the U.S. function because there's also obviously Australia and, and several other European uh, nations that uh, this application is utilized in as well. But uh, go check that out. Uh, click click on the link. And, of course, a big thank you to John Buholtz and uh, Campbell Mockin for joining us here today. And, uh, friends, uh, another great conversation around exciting new technology that uh, is uh, helping address the sustainability conversation that we're having in the countryside and also uh, with our consumers as well. Friends, that will do it for today's Cattleman's Call podcast. John and Campbell, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for having us, Lane. Yep. All right, friends, that'll do it. I'm Lane Nordland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.